0: get back to work. And work is one of the ways that we contribute to this country, that we grow our GDP, we grow our tax base, we contribute to each other effectively. We help finance our national security, our homeland security, our, you know, our infrastructure. I had key employees that really wanted to be leaders in the company, but they didn't want to have any ownership and responsibility that way. So I just had to start researching out
1: and, and figuring out, well, how do I market my company?
0: Go to your local school board. What for one hour twice this year and if you can have t- even just 10 or 15 employers show up and do that at the same school board every single month there's two contractors filling out a little card to, to to give your 30 seconds at the podium that says i need your help and we have great jobs eventually they will hear you but if everyone just did two hours a year that's how we change this for stacy how you doing this morning i'm
2: doing great
0: <laughs> she loves it i ask the question every <laughs> time She's like. I'm fine, dude. Just uh, (laughs) a
2: little much. And I say to that owner, I said, I said, so you're not willing to invest in yourself. You're not going to invest in yourself. You're going to invest in companies you have no control over. Whereas your company you control and you don't have the confidence to pour the money into that. When things
0: are busy and they're looking for their GC friends to sit down and negotiate a project on a GC and a fee and they're more excited about building the project And then all of a sudden the model, the market
1: swings, and now the developer market is going to go out and they're gonna hard bid the same project to two or three different PCs. And that's where
0: where it starts going down. It's morning huddle time. Good morning, thank you so much, uh, Mark, Stacy. Uh, it's a beautiful morning where I am. I hope that it's the same for both of you. Stacy, how are you this morning?
2: I'm doing great. I had a great Mother's Day. Did you guys celebrate too?
0: Wonderful. Of course.
2: <laughs> Spoil the moms in your life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what'd you do? What'd you do for Mother's Day, Stacy?
2: Uh, we just spent time together as a family. We're a little sick too, but um, just some time at home.
0: Right on. Really Good deal. Special. Just be, just just being taken care of. I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah, that's 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 the ticket, right? It's like the one day that the only person mom has to take care of is herself, theoretically. Uh, yeah. That that's uh, that almost worked in my house. Three kids, the little one too. It's just never. And I, so I got to tell you, for 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 me, um, my dishwasher is out of commission, Ugh. and I feel like it's 1914 in my house right now. Like it, it's, I don't know. How anybody got anything done aside from just washing dishes a hundred years ago? I'm losing my mind. It's absolutely then, out of then, control.
1: then imagine doing the clothes too. You know, remember the rack, the sun, no, like- the, You know, the, you know. Ch- 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 you know, imagine trying to pull that off. Chores <laughs>
0: were like a full time, full time, full time job. Yeah, straight. That's out. For, like, res- you know, respect for technology. You yeah, know. Oh, my God, no kidding. We have somebody coming out to fix it today. Uh, God willing, so uh, we're good. So, so uh, uh, Mark, how are you? It, I, it's well. Let me let me give it a little bit of background here. So, Mark uh, is an author. He's a speaker. Uh, he's a really really dynamic and fun guy uh, that I got an opportunity to um, you know to, to meet through Stacy and and um, you know uh, reaching out and, and and helping to get Mark uh, here with us today. Mark's passionate about uh, the the idea of embracing the youth uh, you know, the young generation into the workplace and integrating the best of all of our generations in the workplace, um, effectively. And so, uh, in the construction industry, I can't, uh, I personally can't speak to all these other industries, but I know in the construction industry, it cannot be stressed enough. There is this major divide, uh, generationally. And I, and I look forward very much to having you come in and, and, uh, and sort of speak to that. Uh, Mark, what else would you tell us about, about yourself?
1: Well, I'm a you know I'm a, I'm a speaker, like you said. I, I give eighty to eighty five keynote speeches a year across North America. I'm um, uh it's made yeah, I have a number one best-selling book. I've won eight national book awards. Um, I've also had an opportunity uh, in my life to to now you know write weekly for Forbes for the last two years, and um, which is uh, which is I've reached over three million readers, and and that's pretty extraordinary. So writing on these topics of generation and education and career and workforce development and how do we connect all the dots and how do we uh, stop working in silos between education, employment, and even economic development in our country, and how do we bring people together to have really substantive conversations so that we can close the skills gap. So that's what I'm all about. That's what I love to chat about. So I'm looking forward to it. Chad and Stacy. you guys are fun. So let's let's rock and roll. Let's yeah. do it.
0: Uh, let's get into it. So Stacey, um, uh, you know, as per usual, uh, let's get this audience engaged and, and pull out their best questions and comments and all that kind of good stuff. And we'll uh, reconvene. We'll pull you back in with about 10 minutes to go to get some of that, uh, you know, audience based feedback um, you know, and, 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 you know, get, get some custom answers from Mark to what the audience is thinking about and talking about.
2: Good deal. It's yeah,
0: good. Awesome. See you soon. Uh, so, so Mark, let's talk, I, I, just as a starting point on this topic, why are you so passionate about, about generations in the workplace? What, what spark, you know, what lit this spark for you?
1: Well, for me, it's really the fact that most people in America today think that the younger generations, you know, and thinking Gen Z, Gen Y, millennials, you know, there's there's always a negative term associated with the way people talk about young people, right? They're lazy, they're entitled, you've heard these things, I've heard these things, you know, and people think these things all the time, and, and I go completely the other way. I think they're the most extraordinary generations to come down the pike. I think they're the most intelligent, resourceful, and pitbull-like generations that we've ever seen in this country. When they see a want to in their life they will move heaven and earth to get there. Our challenge though, as parents, educators, employers is getting them to want something. And so really that's the, that's kind of the battlefield of the future. And so we have to build the want to into everything because if the want to is strong enough, the how to will come, you know, they'll figure out how to do the things we want them to do. But I think we have lost the ability in many cases to really create in a passionate way through a transfer of enthusiasm and a human connection that we have with the young people in our sphere of influence to, to build that want to because they don't see our vision. They don't understand the mission. They don't understand the purpose. They don't understand why to do this.
0: Right. So, so, um, you know, I'm I'm uh, I may be the oldest millennial in the world or the youngest Gen Xer in the world. Like I span this, and and I have two much older brothers, so I definitely orient myself toward the the Gen X you know sort of mindset. And and but yet I'm surrounded with and friends with a lot of 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 millennials. And and mm-hmm. I I find that there's this big gap in the way that I view the world and the way that they view the world. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. um, you, you're how do I put it? You have a job. You, you were hired, and therefore, you owe them everything you've got uh, because you're getting a paycheck, and there's a job description, damn it, and it's time to put your head down and do all the work, and that is just simply not how um, the folks that I'm talking to are wired, so you talk about that want to, and I do think that there's, there's um, just a fundamental uh, uh, difference, in, in, in there, and here's where the value judgment comes in, right? You can even hear it in my tone. It is immediately. I'm, I'm like, you're getting paid for it. Don't be, don't be lazy. You know, just you know, get out there and work for it. You know, kind of thing.
1: Um, and I wish happened? you luck. And, I, and, and I wish you luck with that, Chad. I do. <laughs> I uh, I wish yeah, you. No, I'm uh, not saying
0: it works. I wish you I'm God speed. <laughs>
1: I, I God speed with all of that. I think that's really, really nice. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure what kind of success you're going to have with that today, because the world, my friend, has changed. Right. We're in a completely different set of circumstances today, and you know there are two ways to look at the young people in your sphere of influence. You can either look at them as a problem to be solved, which is what most people do, or you can look at them as a tremendous resource to be unleashed within your home, your classroom, your place of business. And so if you look at them with a the second set of eyes, you are significantly further along down the road to connecting, engaging, answering why, and getting them on your side, team, you know, vision, mission, the whole bit, However, Gen Z, for example, 8 to 25 years old, is the least transactional generation to come down the pike ever. And what you're talking about is transactional. I'm giving you money, you're giving me your efforts, and why don't you just do that? Well, they will for a short time. But if you do not have a vision and a mission and something as an organization that you are trying to accomplish, as an example, right, construction field, manufacturing, you name it, it's all the same. If you do not have a vision where the pride of their contribution actually adds to the greater good, if they cannot attach themselves to what you're trying to accomplish, and by the way, what you're trying to accomplish cannot be shareholder value and simply making money. There has to be a greater good. And if you can build that vision and they can attach to it, then you can keep them. Then the revolving door of people coming in and going out and trying to find people is significantly easier and less, uh, and less of an issue. But see, in far too many places as employers across the country, and I speak to chambers of commerce and economic development groups and business and industry. Uh, I mean, I just did the Pennsylvania statewide keynote speech for workforce development on Friday. I followed the governor of Pennsylvania. Um, and I told them the same thing. I was like, if you are working and trying to develop younger generations and you think the secret is that you're not going to change and you're expecting them to come where you are, you have a challenge. You better meet them where they are um, and recognize that the world's just different today. And you can unleash them. And if you can unleash Gen Z, it works for every other generation.
0: Yeah, It. it so. so it is... A uh, different. We agree, and and I agree wholeheartedly with what with what you're saying. I just I also know how hard it can be, you, you know, to to uh, make that mental leap. And to me, just like anything else, when it comes to changing your perspective and uh, coming closer, right, bridging the gap and coming closer to people who view the world differently than you do, I think it kind of starts with empathy. So so may, I I don't know. Pr- maybe you have some. Um, uh, hypothesis or maybe, you know, research, but some hypothesis for, uh, h- help us understand why the, the younger generations, the, the millennials and the Gen Zs entering the workforce, why are they wired the way they are? What, what, what's that about? Help us to develop some empathy there.
1: Yeah, I, I, well, they're exactly the way we made them. Uh, you know, I mean, that's probably one of the greatest ahas I get when I speak to parents and educators, employers across America is, um, you know, when, you, when you're, I mean, most people have no idea what makes them tick, what they think, or how they make decisions. Um, but they're exactly the way we made them. Um, so look in the mirror in the morning and go, "It's me, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm the drama, yeah." <laughs> um, and so what you have to recognize, though, is that they are extraordinary. Um, they are the most intelligent, and all these things that I mentioned earlier on, you know, in our in our session here, um, but. It, But but one of the keys, I'll give you just one of the keys, is that they require a human connection to move forward. With you as an employer, um, with you in an educational scenario, with you as a parent, they have to have a human connection. It's a non-negotiable. They're the first generation in history that a human connection is non-negotiable. And yet, we live in a world today where human connection and the bandwidth to create the human connection has been significantly compromised. Pandemic, you know, issues and challenges, the way the world has changed, people are moving faster and faster, you can go on and on, right? And so the human connection in many cases has been sacrificed. When I was giving this, you know, uh, I was giving a keynote speech several weeks ago to a manufacturing, <coughs> excuse me, um, Expo up in uh, central Wisconsin. and I got an email the next day from a gentleman who who said he was the CEO of a company. And uh, while I was speaking for 90 minutes, he said, I I watched a 60 year old foreman in my company, like scope locked on you because he has never given his attention to anything more than 10 minutes. But he was so riveted by the fact that the young people in his sphere of influence have completely changed. And when he recognized what the change was and that the human connection was everything, this, this guy said, you know, my foreman turned to me and said, I have to change the way I deal with everybody in our business. You know, and so you have to recognize it. the world simply changed. You have to embrace the change. It's not a bad change. No, it's just a change. And I think most people look at it as a bad thing, you know, and it's not a bad thing. In no, fact, if anything, if the younger generations are dragging the older generations kicking and screaming actually to a better place.
0: That's exactly what I was going to say. If, any, if anything, you know, if you really reflect on some of the stuff that you're talking about purpose, right, you know, a, a, a human connection, how can those things be negatives? How can those things create anything other than a more positive workplace for everybody, but it's change. And so, and so you do, it, it takes effort. It takes um, intention, but uh, I think it's worthwhile for everybody. I, I don't think you're just catering to the youth, if that makes sense. I think you're, the youth are, are the demand to, to engage the youth is
1: actually making you a better business. Exactly. And if you can do this for the youngest generation, human connection, a transfer of enthusiasm for whatever your subject matter area is, for your vision, your culture, what you're trying to accomplish, getting them to come on board, all of that with you. And I mean, that works for Gen Y millennials, that works for Gen Xers, that works for baby boomers. You know, there are people I mean, I could sit here as a generational expert and I could tell you about all four generations and I could tell you about the cusps of each of those. Right. With the two years in between. And but who has time or the bandwidth themselves as an organization to create, you know, eight different ways to connect with everybody at every age? Right. So I'm here to tell you the lowest common denominator is now Gen Z. But what works for Gen Z works for everybody. So if you can embrace it and understand it, and and then you know advance because of it, and move from trans you know transactional to transformative, um, and getting them on board, you'll you'll uh, you'll never want in your business again. But so let's talk about let's we're big here on the morning huddle,
0: uh you know with brevity right we're gonna get to thirty minutes it's gonna like it's about to happen. Uh we're big in brevity and we're also big with uh, really tactical tangible takeaways. That people can, uh, you know, kind of learn from. So you talk about this difference between transformative and tra- transactional and transformative. That's what we're saying. Uh, uh, describe that difference, and what are some what are some really tangible things that companies that uh, make the change, uh, or organizations of any type that make the change have in common? What what is that? You know, what are some things we should do?
1: It can't be just about a paycheck. If it's about a paycheck, you're gonna that's transactional. Um, i'm I'm gonna give you x amount of dollars. You're gonna give me x amount of time. Uh, and, and but you know, but but there you set up a dynamic because myself as an employer, my goal is to get as much from you for as little as possible as I pay you. Right. Um, your goal as an employee is to do as little as possible and get as much from me as possible. That's transactional. it's it's We're just at odds we're at odds. Uh, um, and, but but transformative means that you are getting people to come on board your journey, that there is a journey that they're willing to give the best of themselves for, and you're willing to compensate them accordingly, but they bring a piece of themselves. But that has to be extraordinary. The pride of that contribution has to add to some greater good in the younger generations today. And so that's that's a big piece of what you do It however you give back to your community, and what have you there? And so, uh, as business and industries look at making this change, you have to recognize, though, there's there's other things that are that are possible. There's also um, work life blend versus work life balance. Um, older generations were big into work life balance. You know, they were trying to balance it all. Now it's all work life blend. Ninety percent of employees, and that includes all employees, ninety percent of employees want flexibility in their workforce. Here's the challenge. Okay, we're going to talk construction. Here's the challenge in the construction industry. And I say the same thing to manufacturers. I am not an expert on how to create flexibility in construction on a right. site. I, I don't know how to do that. I am not an expert at that. But I'm here to tell you, if 90% of people in our workforce need flexibility and want flexibility, and a work-life blend means that I can work some, and then I can you know, live some, and then I work some, and then I live some. If that's what's necessary and that's where people are, you have to find a way in the construction field to develop that. I don't know how to do it in the construction field. I don't I tell manufacturers I don't know how to do it on a manufacturing floor. But if 90 percent of people want something, you better find a way to incorporate it into your business model somehow. Yeah, Um, that's that's a that's a differentiator.
0: The building industry is very difficult. I mean, you, know, you got to go to uh, the, the majority of the workforce for particularly for specialty contractors needs to go to the job site. They need to you need to have a workforce there at the job site. So it's not like, hey, show up whenever you want to go to the job site and then leave whenever you're done at the job site, because we do need to have, you know, people kind of working and collaborating on the same things at the same time. We need 30 people there at one time, not like 30 people there over the course of the next 24 hours. And so that can be challenging. Uh, but I, I think that the earliest stage, uh, what I'd be taking away from this conversation, Mark, is that, you know, at the very least, let's engage our employees and talk to them about work-life blend. Let's talk to them about what they'd like to see happen. And let's see what, what we can do in the name of progress. To create that, uh, you know, a better atmosphere. Maybe maybe you're uh, you offer three different schedule types, where you know maybe maybe it's you offer four tens to field employees, and that's an option for these guys to choose from. Maybe you offer three twelves and a five, or you know, whatever you know that that different type of stuff. And you know, these are all ways of trying to engage a workforce. Now, of course, I guarantee you, I have a drywall contractor watching this right now saying. That's impossible, and and um, you know maybe four tens is impossible in your world, or maybe. But here's what again, what is what is immediately possible? I think is having the conversation and being open to the ideas and the in the in the dreams that your employees have, uh, and being willing to to at least try right to meet them halfway. So that's uh, re- really fascinating stuff.
1: Yeah. And Chad, I, so I will tell you, I, so I'm not in the construction business, although I have worked in construction early in my life, summer jobs. My dad was in construction. He worked for Turner Construction Company. So I'm, I'm very, very familiar with job sites, lots of different kinds of job sites. And And in my company, I've got, you know, 23 people that support what I do across North America. And in 24 years, I have hired, I've never fired. No one's ever left. And I'm I'm here to tell you, it's it's not because I am the greatest boss, it's because I I simply was understanding enough to create a fantastic vision that people connect to um, and do the things that we're talking about here. Um, And so I, I don't have this revolving door. We're virtual now. We used to be more in office. Now we're more virtual. It's a work life blend for everybody. I tell everybody up front. I said, family comes first. What you need to do with your kids, you do not need to ask for permission, you do not, but you go to the game, you go to the doctor, you do what you need to do, live it around your life. If you need to work for two hours and take two hours off and then work for an hour and take two hours off, however you need to work it, every day can be unique for you. And what I have found over the years of doing this is that my organization works way more than 40 hours a week. Uh, I mean, they work nights, weekends, holidays, vacation times. They are they're always engaged. I can't get them to shut down. They so buy into the vision of where we're going to transform both education and workforce development in this country that they're all in. And that can be created in businesses across America. But you have to take the time to recognize why the world has changed, how the world has changed and how you have to adapt in this inflection point accordingly. Love it.
0: I love it. I, it's, and and uh, there's like seven more topics. I'd like to get into with you, so I hope that maybe next season uh, you'd be willing to come back on and 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 run down things like what are the competencies that young people should be having coming into the workforce. Mm-hmm. We had uh, there's all kinds of areas that I'd, I'd like to run down with you, but our audience uh, has uh, has some questions, and I want to bring Stacy in here to uh, to funnel some of that stuff to you, so we get the people who joined us live what they were looking for.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> we we have a couple questions, so. Before I start off with this one question, just a short story, I had a lot of interns that worked under me. And one of the struggles with was the cell phone usage. And I remember having a one-on-one meeting with one of my interns and telling her what we had planned for this event that we were planning. And she pulls out her phone and she starts you know, on her phone right during our meeting. And I'm thinking, like, that's rude, you're texting, but here she's looking up things as we're talking. And I've had so many conversations with people in leadership roles that had similar, you know, circumstances where they're always pulling out their phone and they don't have boundaries with that situation. So I was just wondering what kind of advice, and Mark had a great question here, Um, how in your opinion has technology in the digital world uh, altered generational groups?
1: Uh, I mean, it's, it's helped it. It's hurt it. You know, there's a yin and a yang to the whole thing. Um, You know, the dopamine effect that's, you know, in young people today for all of the social media and things that they're on um, is not necessarily a positive thing. I mean, I don't have a white paper on that or anything. That's just my personal opinion is that it's, I think it's made it very challenging because whereas young people today are more connected than ever, they're also having the highest degrees of depression and loneliness. So, Uh, I don't think it's the, you know, it's the wonderful, you know, boom we thought it was going to be in the long term. I think there are some things we certainly have to overcome, but it has also affected their ability to focus and it has has affected their ability to seeking attention, both in the workforce and in educational organizations, you know, in their schooling. So, uh, you know, I think it's something, again, we have to recognize where the world's changed, where the kids have changed and young people And how do we adapt accordingly to where they are? How do we meet them where they are, validate their circumstances, and help them be able to move forward? Building respect, building trust, building the human connection that is necessary for them, again, to see and buy into the vision of where you're going as an organization. If you do not have a vision that you yourself buy into as an organization or as a leader in the construction field or in any field, um, if you don't, have that. They will never see it. And you will continue to, you know, run this revolving door of people in and out of your organization. So you have got to get clean with yourself in a vision and a mission that is something worthwhile that other people would join you for.
2: Nice. Uh, Cody also had a great question. What are some of the best ways you've seen leadership connect with the younger generation? I think setting time aside for conversations involving non- Work-related topics goes a long way and builds a trusting relationship.
1: Yeah, I think it's the power of understanding how they think. Part of how they think is that between lifestyle and career, um, every decision they make is based on how it affects their lifestyle. We spend almost no time talking to the people in our sphere of influence about the lifestyle goals and wants that they that they that they long for, Um, but understanding. I mean, two questions I love to ask young people in my sphere of influence is, what do you love to do? What do you do well? And having a lifestyle conversation dovetail into a career one. And even as an employer, understanding the lifestyle wants and desires of the people in your charge, and then understanding how that intersects their career choices and opportunities. So they're, they're, they're trying to find the perfect intersection of career and lifestyle. What gives them whatever it is they're looking for Um, And there's always a spectrum, right? I mean, uh, you know, on this spectrum, you know, there's people on this end that want to be millionaires, this, on this end of the spectrum, they want to, you know, just two hot meals a day, and then there's everything in between. So to understand the story behind every employee's, you know, eyes or every student's eyes, and being able to recognize that that is what builds relevance to the career journey and the career journey in your organization as a construction in the construction field, for example. Um, is where can they go, how can they get there, and how can they fund whatever it is they want to be able to do in their life? If they feel you understand that, they are more apt to stay with you.
2: Yeah. I love how you said, um, you know, ask your employee what they love to do and what do they do well. I found that that worked so great for me. And you can really capitalize on talents that you might have not even you know, considered into the job description or incorporate it into the role. So um, I think that was great advice. And then Eric TV has a question. Um, As employers, what are the top three transformative behaviors that we should embrace in order to navigate the new normal?
1: Can you say the question one more time, Stacey? I want to make sure I understand it correctly. Sure. What are the top three?
2: What are the top three transformative behaviors that employers should embrace in order to navigate this new normal?
1: I think human connection, flexibility, um, work-life blend, um, being able to understand how to bring out the most. Also, learning and development, L&D, have become the top competitive differentiators. Every company uh, across America today needs to invest more in learning and development because younger generations want more training, significantly higher. People say they're lazy and entitled. (laughs) I don't believe it for a minute because they actually want to be in continuous training. They actually want lifelong learning. They want learning, by the way, not only in the job skills and the things they need to be successful in your organization, they also want life skill training. 78% of employees today under the age of 35 want life skill training because they didn't get it when they were younger. Do they have classes on how to fix a dishwasher? <laughs> that's a great question. I don't even know how to no, fix it. I believe to fix that, I just call a 1-800 number and I think it all just kind of happens. It's like, just magic. I mean, it's <laughs> magic and it's organic at that point. It is. So.
2: <laughs> I think that's all All for the questions. So do we have any final notes for today?
0: That's awesome. I, You know, my, my, my reaction to this conversation is, uh, you know, invigorated. Thinking about the opportunity to make these adjustments that will not only pull uh, this generation uh, of the workforce into your organization and create that spark, that fire and passion that that really unleashes their potential. All that intelligence that you're talking about. So, I mean, you're so right. I talked to some of these people. I'm like, How, what did you learn in school, man? It's, I, I didn't get it. I, I must have been on page 10. You're on page 100. I had no idea. I, a lot of this stuff. So I think I think that's um, a- an amazing thought, and then that to accomplish that, to, to to unlock that, you actually get to build a better company, because the list of things that you're talking about are are just it's kind of like a wish list of of the best places to work. You know, these mm-hmm. are these are things yeah. that you know uh, every company should should be um, striving to try to accomplish. Um, so I don't my, my takeaway is uh, extremely optimistic. And um, and excited for the people that uh, the audience that is, has taken the time and, and taken the notes mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully use this as inspiration to go out and do something inspirational.
1: So um, I hope so too, Chad. I, I, you know, it's it's been such a pleasure being with you and Stacy and uh, and being able to have this chat. I, I feel like it could have gone another two or three hours. Um, and we could have really, you know, dove deep into, into some of these topics, but, but thank you for, you know, asking great questions and thanks to the audience for, you know, bringing the best of themselves to all of this conversation as well.
2: It's yeah, awesome. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you. All right, Mark, we're going to let you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to, uh, talk a little bit with Stacy about what we have coming up next week. Thanks again so much, Mark. Have a great day. Thank you. All right, Stacy. Um, so next week we've got, uh, an exciting conversation coming up with Chris Bybee, right? This is somebody that you um, uh, brought to my attention that's actually doing some work with people that you know that is uh, providing virtual training for apprenticeship to speed up the, the, the rate of apprenticeship training and yeah. to create a better, you know, overall better experience so that people come out of apprenticeship faster and with more uh, skills and, and in a, a really convenient kind of package. Is that right?
2: Yes, and I'm hoping that he can give us a demonstration because it's very important not just to have the discussion but to see the visual with it. So I'm hoping that he'll walk us through like a demo on how, um, I don't wanna give too much away, but he does HVAC, electrical, plumbing, skill trades where you take tests online through like a virtual experience. Um, So it just ups the level of current apprenticeship training. Awesome. yeah.
0: Well, very cool. Um, just a reminder here to uh, email Stacy if you want to be added to our weekly email list. We send it out so that you don't have to stalk your LinkedIn and figure out if you've been invited to the morning huddle, and you can just uh, register by clicking uh, with one uh, click. Jump on Spotify uh, for those of you who are driving down the road, podcast listeners, and and I can't tell you how many times I was just in an event last week, and probably five people came up to me and said, "Man, I keep missing the huddle." Uh, I, I, I'm going to get there. And I'm like, look, you don't have to get there live. If you can't get there live, just d- download the Spotify, You know, d- download Spotify, follow us on Spotify. I'm going to be adding Apple music here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, Apple podcast that is in the next couple of weeks. And, and so we'll be on wherever you get your podcasts as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you're like me, you're driving down the road. It, it, this is you know a perfect time to catch up on everything you, that you've missed. So, Mm -hmm. um uh please check it out and uh give me a call or i'm sorry you know shoot me an email or stacy an email if uh if you have any questions or or you know frankly if you if you or someone you know would like to be a guest uh we are setting up uh guests for season three which is coming up in the fall
2: all right have a (laughs) mark's comments
0: (laughs) awesome all right have a great one see ya see ya